Isn't it good to be in God's house and to be able to laugh and to share, to pray, to sing his praises because he is worthy? It is good to see you this morning. We've had so many sick, so many that are still sick. Remember our church in your prayer, so many that just have had the flu and other sicknesses. And God is still on his throne and he's still good. Let's open to Romans chapter 8. This morning I wanted us to look at God's unchanging love. Romans chapter 8. Now, we're going to focus in on verses 38 and 39, but we're going to begin reading in verse 34 to hear what the Apostle Paul has to say to us this morning about God's unchanging love. Now, notice what he says. This is, this is sort of... Uh, victory for us if we're Christians. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God. It's all right, Carter. I'll quiet down, maybe. Who also makes intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now we focus on God's unchanging love. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, it is great to see so many at your house today. They could have been anywhere else, as my friend Randy Queen says, because they've taken time to be here to worship you, bless them. Bless us all, Lord, by speaking to our hearts as only you can through your word. Father, I just pray that you'll calm us, that we would receive what you have for us to receive this morning. Especially focus on those, Father, with your Holy Spirit and by your power, who have never publicly accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, uh, make them uncomfortable until they do that. Let them know that your love is an everlasting love and they need to respond to it. And Father, for those of us who need to remember your love in other ways, help us to do that. And Father, as you do this for us, we'll leave this place singing your praises for you alone are worthy. In Christ's name I pray, amen. June 30th, 2011, in uh, Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, I'm told that it was just a beautiful day. One of the tourists that was there said that God had actually kissed the day because it was so pretty. There was not a cloud in the sky. The sun was shining. It was not too terribly hot. Uh, The tourists just flocked to town, which is always good for the businesses. And as the evening approached and the sun began to set, the nightlife began to go. And one of the famous hotels there on 
the rooftop, there was a party for those that were very prosperous in Washington, D.C. By 10 o'clock, it was winding up really well, and, and there was sounds of laughter and music, and those that were sort of the rich and the famous were having a good time. And yet, one hour later, the scene was radically different because there on the steps in front of the hotel was a woman's body covered with a sheet. There was police tape everywhere, detectives running around, people on the rooftop being questioned at what had happened. As best they can ascertain, one of the lady's friends said this. She told me that nobody loved her, not even God. She climbed over the edge and we tried to stop her and she jumped to her death. And their night brought into fact the reality of life and death. You see, we may not think so, but even in Baxter County, Arkansas, even in Marion County, Arkansas, even where you live and I live, there are people who do not know that God really loves them. The Apostle Paul is writing this to the Romans and to us. And he wants us to know that, look, there's some things you need to know about God. Back in Romans 3, he talked about the privity of sin. In chapter 6, he talked about God's plan for salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And then in Romans 5, 8, he wants us to know that God's love for us in Christ is very, very real. Really, before we knew Christ, because it says, And this was the love of God commended or shown forth towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then, here in these verses in Romans 8, he wants to tell us how God loves us. And what I want you to understand is that God continually loves us. God's love in Christ is something that will never change, he wants to tell us. But he continually loves us. And, and in these two verses, there are three specific things that we need to remember, okay? Let's look at the, those verses again in verses 38 and 39. Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what are these things? The first one is this. Our circumstances cannot change God's love for us. Our circumstances cannot change God's love for us. Whatever human circumstance you're in right now, in Christ, God still loves you. See, Paul was certain of God's love. In verse 18, he says, I reckon. In verse 28, he says, and we know. And by verse 38, he says, for I am persuaded. Now, what's going on? See, the Apostle Paul knew God's love personally. 
And he says, really, he's saying, it was an amazing thing when God struck me down on the Damascus Road and I saw Jesus. He, like all of us, deserved death and hell because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all thumbed our nose at God and his ways and his holiness. But he said, instead of finding that judgment of God, I found Christ's love. And no human condition can change that. After he accepted Christ, think of all that the Apostle Paul went through. Ran out of almost every town he preached the love of Jesus in. Beaten. With the cat of nine tails. Stoned. Left for dead. Shipwrecked. He said, I was in danger in towns. I was in danger in the wilderness. I had perils here. I had perils there. I knew hunger. I knew thirst. And yet, God still loved me. And he still loves us. Whatever circumstance you find, you need to understand, whatever life brings... It does not change God's love for you in Christ Jesus or his love for me in Christ Jesus. That's what he meant when he says, neither death nor life. Listen to me. When he does that, he's writing in a way that means neither death nor life changes the circumstance. And he also says in those two bookends, nothing in between. Wherever you find yourself, you may think, God doesn't love me. You know what I'm going through right now? And you can can name a whole list of things, awful things, even sometimes good things. But see, the circumstances of life have no bearing on God's love for us. Jesus settled that on the cross when he spread his arms. He says, I love you, and I died for you. And I rose again that you may have hope of eternal life. And I'm coming back. To get you one day. I don't know what circumstance you find yourself in. But you see our circumstances do not change the fact. That in Christ Jesus God loves us. I've heard it a lot of different ways as a pastor. Oh God, God just doesn't love me anymore. Do you know what I've gone through? He's abandoned me. And they may list a broken relationship. They may list cancer or another disease. They may list the loss of a job and economic feasibility. They may list loneliness. They may list a lot of things. But according to the Word of God, neither death nor life or anything in between changes the love of God for us in Christ Jesus. In Christ, God loves us. For some this morning, that means you need to accept Christ so that you're found in Christ and experience God's love. For others, it means take your eyes off your circumstances and look to the cross of Christ. What he did for you there. You won't find him there. He is risen. Look beside you in the midst of what you're going through and realize God said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. He also said in this Romans 8 passage that he works all things together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And he gives us the purpose. He moved for new, paraphrase it, like Christ. My best friend is a dentist. We 
talk about once a month and ask him what he's doing and what his family's going through and what is. And, and he always says something to me, whether I'm telling him or he's telling me, when things are going wrong, he says, yes, my family is being sanctified. Sanctified means being made like Jesus. Jesus suffered greatly, not just at the cross. He had no place to lay his head. He was talked ill about. They tried to kill him and kill him and kill him. And he had to walk among sinful soil. He who knew no sin became sin for us. That that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Look to Jesus and understand He still loves you. Jesus loves sinners, of which I am chief. If you don't think Jesus loves sinners, you're wrong. So, life circumstances can't change God's love for us. The second one is this. Spiritual enemies cannot restrain God's love. Spiritual enemies can't keep God's love from us. Can't keep God from loving us. He goes on in that verse. He says, neither death nor life. Then look, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. They can't restrain God's love from us. What's going on here? Remember this. God loves us even when these enemies line up against us. Now, what am I talking about? The Jewish rabbis had quite a belief system in angels. And you realize that before he was saved, the Apostle Paul was a Jewish rabbi. You understand that, correct? Perk up. I'll be done in just a few minutes, unless y'all don't respond, and then we're going to be here for a little while. Yeah, here we go. Kenny says, don't go long. Kenny also says for me not to use his name in a sermon. I was so glad that you called on Donnie for the birthday, because I like seeing him blush. He'll blush now. His wife likes seeing him blush. I like picking on the big guys, if I know they won't pick back. But you see, what were some of the things that they're talking about when he talks about angels and powers and principalities? You see, the first thing that the Jewish rabbis taught was that almost everything had an angel. Even blades of grass had angels. The second thing that they taught was this, and you may not understand it, but they taught that angels were sort of grudgingly hostile towards mankind. They didn't understand why God had made mankind. They were sort of jealous of God's presence with them. And, and then when, when, when we sinned and, and Christ had to come and die for us, that didn't help our cause a whole lot. They taught that there were three ranks of angels. There were thrones like the cherubim. There were, there were powers like some of the archangels. And there were principalities, some of the other angels to speak. And if you want some future references, if you're taking notes, Paul speaks about some of these in Ephesians 1.21, Ephesians 3.10, Ephesians 6.12. I know I'm going fast. Colossians 2.10 and 15 and 1 Corinthians 15.24. But what you need to understand is this. 
These are not good angels that Paul is talking about here. These are the ones aligned against us for our harm. They're fallen angels. They're demonic. They work in conjunction with the principalities, the prince of the air, and the powers that be that go against Christians. And we fight against not flesh and blood, but against these. And yet Paul says these spiritual enemies cannot restrain God's love from us. God loves sinners. I've said that. How much does he love sinners? Think about it. In Mark 5, verses 1 through 11, Jesus crosses the sea and he experiences the demon-possessed man of the tombs, the Gadarene demoniac. That's not going to come out real well. Where Jesus talks and asks his name, I am legion for we are many. And he continues talking. They say, you're not here to send us to the pits, basically what they're saying. It's not our time yet. And, and he's casting them out. And then they say, let us go into the herd of swine. And they do. And even the pigs had enough sense to run and drown themselves into the sea. First case of devil ham in the Bible. That's my favorite joke. Elizabeth hates that joke. But hear me. When the people come, they find this demon-possessed man who had been filthy, clean, in his right mind, clothed, tamed, because he was so wild that they could chain him and no chains would hold him. They were all afraid of him. And seeing what Jesus did, the surprise to me was this. I want you to hear me. They asked him, begged him, Jesus, to leave their country. When we face God's love and we have to repent of our sins, we either repent or we ask Jesus to leave. What a thing to do. Christians, when God's reminding us of his love and we're in some things we shouldn't be involved in and, and we don't want to give those up, we run from God's love. But you see, these spiritual forces cannot restrain God's love from us. He has loved us with an everlasting love. He is the God who sought us from eternity past to eternity present. He is the one that drew us by the Holy Spirit. He is the one that washed us clean by the blood of Christ. And we confessed our sins to Jesus and placed our faith in Him. And those spiritual powers... Hmm... Have no way to restrain God's everlasting love from us. Isn't that marvelous? You see, if you've confessed your sins to Jesus and you've taken a stand for him publicly, you belong to him and nothing will keep him from loving you. Elizabeth told me not to do this. I guess it doesn't work anymore. Rats. Hear what I want to say, and I don't want you to miss this. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you hear that? What did I just say? If, you, if you've never accepted Jesus, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you belong to Satan. Did you hear me? That should scare you to death. You're in his realm. You're trapped in your sins you cannot pay for. No matter what you think, you need to accept Christ because you belong to Him. And the future He has for you is not a good future. 
So, circumstances can't change God's love. Spiritual enemies can't change God's love. Now listen to this. Time and dimensions cannot contain God's love for you. Time and dimensions cannot contain God's love for you and God's love for me in Christ Jesus. He says, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Now, this is an interesting thing to me. He says, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing that's been created now or anything to be created in the future. But the Greek word is sort of interesting because it means even if somehow another world broke into our world, another time, another dimension. You know, we have that on shows all the time. He said, even if that happened, Christ still loves us. Wow. Time, dimensions. And then he said, nor height. Nor depth. And those are astrological terms. You see, in Paul's day, astrology was a big deal. And if you were born under a certain star, it was supposed to guide your life and your pattern was set. It was your fate. Height means the zenith of a star. When it exercises the most power in your life. So I some people read their horoscopes. Don't be doing that. You're opening your door to those demonic powers. Oh, but Gary, it's just fun. No, it's not. Height nor depth. What is depth? The lowest part of the star where its power is fading. And the word there is the nadir, N-A-D-I-R. If you pronounce it differently, have at it. It means the lowest point of the star in the heavens when you look at it. When it's not as powerful. And he said, I don't care how powerful it is, whether it's at its height or its lowest point. God still loves you. Your fate is not sealed. I want you to get it. Until you die with or without Christ. God still loves you. In Christ Jesus. You see, so whatever power we face, Christ's love overcomes it. Whatever circumstances we're in, Christ's love is still there for us. Whatever thing we may face in the future, time or dimensions, God's love still cannot be contained for us. It overflows for us. Do you remember when you found Christ? I've got news for you. You didn't really find him. He found you. He drew you. And as good as you folks are, none of us were worthy of that. It was God's love. God's great love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world through him might have life. He who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. He doesn't list a bunch of sins. He lists one. The sin of unbelief. 
Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And that name is Jesus. You've either accepted Christ and you're in God's love. Or you rejected Christ. And you're in Satan's kingdom. Bound for eternity in hell. Are you in God's love today? If not, you need to get that straightened out. If not, you need to come today. If not, you need to be saved today. You need to make your stand today. And experience God's love. And the blessings of it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Please hear me. Some of you are in circumstances that are simply awful. The world is battering you and battering you. You express it like, I don't know how much more I can stand. The Bible says I won't have more than I can stand, but I'm at my limit. Listen to me. If you're at the end of your rope and you've tied a knot and you're hanging on, you're right where God wants you because He wants to express His love in special ways to you. Come and surrender those burdens this morning. Maybe there are things happening in your life and really and truly it's because you're not living inside of God's loving will. You're trying to do your own thing and you need to come in rededication. Maybe you need to have a church home to help you through these things and to experience God's love from other folks and you need to join by letter or statement or baptism how we receive members. And most of all, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ publicly as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to experience God's love through accepting Jesus this morning. I'm going to pray. This isn't a habit. That we have an invitation at the end. Christ never called secret disciples. They had to make a stand publicly. I'm going to pray. Brother Ronnie is going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. And you come as you felt the Spirit of God asking you to come. Father God, you are here with us. Your love is an amazing thing. It's overwhelming. And Father, many of us had the prayers of godly mothers as was sung earlier, godly fathers, aunts and uncles, Sunday school teachers. Lord, answer their prayers for us in your loving mercy. Let those come forward who need to make a public stand for you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.